0: Welcome welcome in it's the losing sucks fantasy football podcast I am your host Dustin Blanton along with my trusty co-host Travis Masterson other TR sounds what's going on man football baby week four already kicked off the time is flying by You're darn right. We're almost a quarter. This would normally be where we would be starting the quarter mark of the season, but we have extra football. So there are added decimals and all that other good stuff that I don't feel like tracking or using a calculator for. (laughs) Yeah. So no extra math here. We got enough of that. We've got some 27.5% of
1: the way through the season. Goodness. (laughs) I guess less than 21%.
0: (laughs) How? Look. I don't know what That's why we don't do it. That's why we don't We don't do the math here. Okay? That's not what we This isn't a math podcast. I don't know if those exist, but I can imagine they don't get many listens. Um we've got a fun show planned for tonight. We are recording this post Thursday night football as per usual. And we're going to be breaking down that game We've got, of course, our big picks of the week, breaking down the best games, in our opinion, of the week, the ones that are probably the most fantasy impactful, and, of course, one of my favorite segments, Will They Bounce? We have a lot of fun, but I know you've been dying to ask this week's Would You Rather question, and from what I hear, there are multiple questions. I could tell you these questions always make me uncomfortable and I cannot wait to be put in that place right now. It is a smorgasbord,
1: a cornucopia, a surplus of would-you-rather questions, if you will. We're going to wow. go with three questions tonight. We will spend a little bit less time on each because I feel like there's a clear answer until there's not because of what you say. So... Number one is going to be, would you rather be forced to dance every time you heard music or forced to sing along every time you hear a song that you have heard or know before?
0: All right. So the question is, do I know the words to these songs?
1: Even if you know a few words, if you know the song, if it's in your head, you are forced to sing it out loud or even a small dance, but you must
0: dance anytime music is on. All right. I'm going to go with dance because, look, I've got, I have a nice voice. I have, my singing voice is a gift. And I have had many people tell me that I could have made a career out of it. Most of those people being my mom. But I'm, oh, they're all intertwined. Great. I can't, I, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. So I'm going to go with dance. Please be kind.
1: <laughs> All right. I, too, would choose dance. Uh, You can dance very minimally. I think I do anyway, even if I'm really sure. into the song. So My dance moves don't get crazy. Some rhythmic swaying. Some nice shoulder
0: movement. Yeah. I can give you a lot of shoulder movement. It's good movement. for the body. Stay stay a little loose. Yeah, the hips are very tight, but the shoulders, they the are. The
1: singing, I think, would just get really obnoxious.
0: For sure. For sure. If I'm having a bad boy day. All right the second
1: question we both decided we'd rather dance we will ask uh twitter their opinion on these three questions as well to see if we are with the norm or not question number two would you rather move to a new city or town every week for the rest of your life or never be able to leave the city or town that you were born in
0: oh no this is an awful one (laughs) this is awful
1: There's so many pros and cons that it's very interesting to me to hear which pros outweigh the obvious
0: cons of both sides. On one hand, I hate with a fiery passion moving. I hate moving. (laughs) I hate every part of moving. I hate the packing. You don't have to. That's
1: the thing. I think at, at that point, if you know you're having to leave every week, at some point it's not moving. You're not moving a household. You're just living out of a suitcase you're throwing away clothes buying new clothes but they're going in that suitcase buying a new a new suitcase every year whatever the case is okay you're Um, you're leaving every week so you're not really moving a whole home otherwise you would only be actually moving boxes your whole life
0: i would go with that one then just because i can't go back to where i'm from i can't stay the people (laughs) that are where i'm at i hope they're not listening no offense to them you're very very nice people but i just i can't I can't go back and I can't, I just can't. There are just parts of me that just won't do that. I'm not going to name the town. It's Essentially just, what you're
1: saying is you would rather have no home than go back to what
0: was home. I You you said it meaner than I would have said. <laughs> you would rather have nowhere I'm to live. I'm just trying to stir the pot <laughs> Look, here. Do I at least get to- I can't wait for your brothers I, to hear this and be like, Wow no they hate it there too uh, okay but like do i at least get to stay in like a holiday inn like is that is this- that's
1: i when i asked this question at dinner tonight the people i was with were like how much money do i have can i use my hilton rewards week? account yeah <laughs> like, i think uh, even if you have a lot of money at some point not having a home has to be exhausting
0: oh for sure like i It has to get
1: old. Even if you're traveling the whole entire world, it has to get too tiring. Probably.
0: Especially if it's just you. Yeah. No, thanks. Um, Good. Both of those suck, Travis. Like, (laughs) That's awful. They're not supposed
1: to be easy. All right. The last one. This goes back to a little bit of what you answered in the first question. This is my favorite of the night because it tells you a lot about the person answering it. The question is, would you want to or not want to know how above or below average you are at everything you do?
0: Nope. Blissful ignorance. Blissful ignorance. I don't want to know how See, bad I am at things. Like what? I'm the opposite. I, I, I'm, I'm so
1: statistically driven and motivated. Like I love facts. I love numbers. To know, all right, I'm golfing. And I feel like I'm a pretty decent golfer. I shoot high 70s, low 80s. Where do I compare to other people? Mm. Whereas for you, you've been told your whole life, you're, you've got a golden voice. Yeah, Reality could hit hard if you are shown, Dustin, you're in the bottom 49% of, of human beings when it comes to singing.
0: Wow. So like, I'm close to half. That's good for me. That's good
1: enough. But then again, if you... You could be completely validated mm-hmm. with things that you're good at. If you're in like the top 80, 90%, you're like, I'm badass right? at that. Like I'm really good at knitting. So you don't want to know though. You just want to live without comparing. I like it. Yeah, I think that, that's better. That's better for me. <laughs> I'll you make it. your own judgment on if you're good or not.
0: Yeah, that's, that's kind of how I like to live. You know, happy. I don't like to compare. Uh, it's a, it's a little it. easier that way. It's a little easier. Jeez, that was really uncomfortable. That was really... <laughs> All right, we'll see. Uh, it felt a little exposing. We'll see uh,
1: what the, our Twitter followers and our 100 listeners have to say about those three. And uh, That's we'll right, put them man. up in a poll and see where it goes.
0: I like it, man. Let's dive right into some football after those very, very awkward questions. We, we are a football
1: podcast, so we
0: that would are... be a good thing for us to do. Let's talk some fake football. We let's talk week four. Let's talk some things that we are looking for and we're kind of keeping an eye out for here in week four. We've had some time to see how different teams are acting, what the weaknesses are, maybe some things that we thought would happen before the season started that just doesn't it maybe doesn't look like it has a chance to happen or that we're we're really crossing our fingers that still happens. Travis, what are two things that you're looking for here in week 4? These are both
1: two these are two players that I feel like as a fantasy community, we need them to be back and we need them to be back in a big way. There is heavy heavy draft capital in both of these guys and teams that have spent that capital, like myself on on one of these guys in particular, are really hurting at that specific position. You're either one and two, potentially 0 oh and three. If you drafted Jonathan Taylor in the first round, he has not returned what you have invested on him. And it's time for him to start doing that, or it's going to get really ugly for your team here in the next couple weeks. Because at 1 and 2 or 0 oh and 3, when your best player is not providing any kind of real production for you, yeah, uh, That water gets deep, and it gets really hard to get out of it as the playoffs start to, you know, we start to approach the half point, halfway point of the season. You don't know what to expect from your best player. It gets really tough. The second guy is Robert Woods. I know you and I both were, we really came around on Robert Woods throughout the summer, throughout the preseason. The more we dig on Robert Woods, he's been great for four or five years. And I'm just begging that these two guys come back starting this week. Don't delay it any longer. Give us some big time production. It's been the Cooper Cup show. Maybe Robert Woods gets 75 to 100 in a score. Makes everybody feel a lot better. Jonathan Taylor, Robert Woods, come back to us, please.
0: Yeah, definitely dealing with some deforestation issues as there is a very big gap, a large hole where. Bobby trees used to be. And for me though, yeah, it does hurt, especially with the draft capital that you spent on those guys. Goodness. Jonathan Taylor looked like he was about to be a league winner. And then now he pops off like that. I had
1: him picked for, he was my, my pick for, uh, the guy who's going to lead the league in rushing touchdowns. And he's got a long way to go. If that's going to happen.
0: Yeah. A lot of things have to change. Carson Wentz needs, needs to play better. Well, I, I'm not, you know, saying that it can't happen, yeah. But got a lot to prove. For me, it's Antonio Gibson, um, the first guy I'm looking at. The workload for me, he hasn't looked awful. It's more he hasn't. He had that one week in the first game of the year, we had 23 touches, and then it's dropped down to 15 and 14 in the last two games. You know, there's been a little bit of a McKissick problem. Obviously, Heineke playing. You know, there's questions there mainly for me it's i i want to know i want answers right now to who is the player that i have on my roster right now because if he gets around the 20 touch mark again i feel good i feel okay he can still produce you know running back one numbers but right now i'm not confident in that and especially you know against an atlanta team that doesn't have a good defense right now and. Matt Ryan could put up points and cause uh, Washington to have to catch up. This is going to tell me enough in this game what you know about what I need to know about Antonio Gibson and his workload going forward. Um, so kind of let me ask you a question about Gibson real
1: quick. Yeah, because you you're invested in Gibson a lot of places. You have been for two years now. Mm-hmm. Does the history of turf toe and bad feet, as I like to call it? What percent out of 100 are you worried about that in the back of your head? Is it game script that's been going on with him when he's not in in critical situations? I'm not just talking about third and long or the two minute drill. There are there have been times in the first three weeks, particularly week two and three, where I'm watching that game thinking, why is he not in? Is he banged up? What is going on?
0: No, I don't. I don't. I mean, to put a percentage on it, to answer your question, it might be, it's less than 10%. Okay. So you feel fine with him? Yeah, I feel fine with him because he had that big 73-yard touchdown that, I mean, he just burned past everyone. He looked, he did not look to be in pain after that. The only injury that we've heard note of is a shoulder getting dinged up and, you know, they've rested him accordingly. So I'm not worried about Antonio. You don't really need those anyway. Yeah. You don't need shoulders as a running back. You don't run with your arms anyway. (laughs) So he'll be fine. You know? keep his arms off whatever the next guy i you know I almost changed this player so I'll bring up this player and then I might touch on another but Jalen hurts against the chiefs uh real quick is my my one concern and I've brought this up a couple times is there is this narrative that I have heard and have kind of gone along with as it's kind of gained some steam the narrative that Jalen hurts struggles when he's trailing and the defense knows he has to pass because he is not an accurate passer. He reminds me of, of a, a Lamar Jackson, you know, because when, when they are trailing, it's you know, more pocket containment more. Now there's no guessing, you know, running lanes or read options where the defense has to wait that extra split second and you can gain an edge. They know you're throwing, and you have to be accurate and proficient. And, look, this game right now against the Chiefs this week is going to be telling because the large majority of people believe, and I, I count myself among them, that they're going to be trailing most, if not all, of the game. So it's going to be a catch-up game. You know, they could have another three rushing attempts for the running backs, but I don't see this game script. That was insane.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know if that's If you're a Miles Sanders owner, you're like what the heck? Yeah, wh- why why? Didn't he have like 40, 45, 46 yards on two carries, three carries?
0: Yeah, he was super efficient, but they just didn't want to I mean, hand it to him. That's wild. I'd
1: be so mad.
0: Sure. And it's the the Cowboys, I'm not going to get in, into it a bunch, but the Cowboys not being a top defense, and you don't want to run the ball on them. Okay. My, the next guy, though, that I want to touch on real quick, the next guy that I'm going to be keeping an eye on, same game as Antonio Gibson, but Kyle Pitts, not just because I'm invested in him, but good call. Good call. I'm interested to see if they can actually get him implemented in the offense because, again, we're going to be close to a quarter of the season through. He's still a rookie tight end, quote-unquote, but he is more like a wide receiver. Will they get him more involved? Washington has struggled on the defensive end to start off the season. Is that a product of the opponents that they've played? Or is that really just their defense not living up to the hype? So questions that I want to see answered there. It'll be a fun game. Like, like I said, big fantasy names in that game. But Kyle Pitts, I want to watch in that game to see just how involved is he, or is he. Or is there still a long road to his development to be that true top four, top three tight end option?
1: Yeah, Kyle Pitts, 46 yards a game so far through three weeks. I think we talked about in the preseason for him to get to that 1,000-yard mark, that coveted 1,000-yard rookie tight end, historic-type season, it's going to take closer to 60 yards a game. Doesn't sound like a lot. 16 yards on any given weekend doesn't sound like a lot. Mm -hmm. But it starts to add up. And when you have a few of these 40... 45, 40, 45, you're going to need those 80 to 100 yard games to happen a lot over the back half of the year. So yeah, that's a, that's a great player. I'm going to keep my eye on, on Kyle Pitts. I don't have any shares of him. I, for whatever reason, just can't buy into the rookie tight end performing at a high level narrative. But we did say if there's one guy that can do it, he's in a situation where they need him to do it. There's not a whole lot of competition outside of Ridley. Right. So, yeah, can he get back on track? I think an 80 to 100 yard game can really spark a nice run here for Pitts, too.
0: I'll keep my fingers crossed. Let's talk some football, man. Let's talk the best games of the week, the most fantasy dense matchups. We're going to kick it off with a high profile game interdivisional matchup, NFC West. Rams and Cardinals. This is a fun game on paper. Anytime Kyler Murray steps on the field, it's, it's must see TV Our two between you and me. Our two MVP candidates are playing each other in this game and you can bet your bottom dollar. I will be tweeting at you all game long. (laughs) Come on with it. This is going to be a lot of fun. The one storyline that I'm keeping an eye on, you have it written here, the Jalen Ramsey effect. Uh, I've got D-Hop. Um, he is one of my will he bounce guys. Um, to answer your question of if there's any hesitancy, yes, I, there is some hesitancy he, being as he is hobbled right now. I hate going against D-Hop in any situation. Um, He you know, his last matchup he he didn't do a ton. And the Cardinals don't exactly run the ball at a high rate. So this game, it isn't going to shock me if the Cardinals can't keep up with the Rams. They are incredible on the defensive side of the ball. They have just all over the field. And honestly, this is one of the few games where I think that the coaching is actually going to matter. I don't think that Cliff Kingsbury can outcoach Sean McVay. And I think that Sean McVay will have an answer for Kyler Murray in this game. I'm not saying he's going to shut him down, but maybe he doesn't get the upper echelon tiered numbers that you normally get when you're facing, you know, a a different team like the Titans. I think Kyler Murray will be fine in this game. But for me, uh, you know, I know we have, I know I said that the cards would win this game, but it would not shock me to see the Rams win.
1: Yeah. And then I think, The Rams, four and a half point favorites. I don't think that's enough. I I just don't see outside of Dallas, Kansas City, another shot for Tampa. There's not a whole lot of teams that I think are at the Rams level right now. The Cardinals are just not in that group for me. It can get sloppy for Arizona at times. And Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, and crew they can make you look sloppy really quick, and Kyler Murray, some of the worst games fantasy-wise of his career have come against this defense. The more you play Sean McVay, the more you start to play these elite level players, they can figure you out, they learn your tendencies, interdivision game, they see you twice, so if I had Murray anywhere, which I don't, I know you You do, he's your probably your favorite fantasy player. I would be worried. I, in week one, was very confident in saying bench Allen Robinson. I benched him myself for Corey Davis in week one. It worked out to my favor. I won because of that decision. I have no problem benching Hopkins if you have a decent option, a top 30 to 34 35 level receiver i i just can't subscribe to the don't bench your studs i think you can when
0: it's jalen ramsey i really do do you think do you think that he can get you 35 yards and a touchdown he absolutely can but if that touchdown is not there he's killing you i think that's i think that's more of my reasoning for why i would start like a d hop Uh, to me it's like Alan That Robinson, was the same reasoning for Allen Robinson though, is can he get you thirty five in a score? Right. So to me it's the difference is Kyler Murray's throwing the ball and not Andy Dalton. Uh, so for me that's the difference in D Hop and Allen Robinson. I feel like there is a difference there, even if D Hop is, you know, hobbled or limited in practice all week. For me, I don't know who a better option is. I don't know anyone else that's going to get ten targets a game that you would have sitting on your bench. Maybe if you have a, a Jacoby Myers Maybe who will also see some volume against a really porous Tampa Bay pass defense, but other than that, let I, me give you three I, guys. I don't three guys in this okay, in around this me, thirty window. This is this is rough. I think this
1: is go- yeah, but I think this is a decision that when your star receiver faces Ramsey, you're thinking who's my third, who's my fourth option, depending on what kind of layout you have in your league. If you're a two or three receiver league. Odell Beckham Jr. versus Minnesota or DeAndre Hopkins.
0: Oh man. That's tough. I see for me, it's for me it's still going oh man, that's rough. I'm probably still gonna go D Hop. Not me. Because you're okay
1: at the end of the day, you say, I couldn't sit DeAndre Hopkins. He gave me four. But you just don't sit him. Like, that's not okay with me. For me, it's... It, well, Hopkins had 12, and Odell had 8 or 9. But Hopkins would have gotten a 3 or 4 had he not gotten that one touchdown. At least Odell had 7 or 8 grabs. All right, so you're still Hopkins over Odell. Um, Michael Pittman at Miami.
0: Oh, man. Okay, I could... Man, I could see, I could see a world where ugh, even then. I mean, you're still talking Xavier Howard is going to be shadowing Michael Pittman, so I don't love that matchup either. I'm, st- I would still. Okay, so that's another cornerback, another
1: cornerback that you would shy away from in that scenario.
0: Yeah, I would, I would still take D Hop just because again, Kyler Murray is the quarterback, and Carson Wentz is not Kyler Murray.
1: Brandon Ayuk versus the worst pass defense. The worst defense so far through three weeks in at home versus Seattle. Does IU, Are you safe with a 10 or 12
0: from him? Oh, man. I don't know if it's safe. I saw that they really want to get him involved. That is an intriguing one. If Ayuk if was the only other wide receiver I had on my team, then, yeah, I, I could probably see that. I could see May
1: I- You would not do it. I can see it in your eyes on this Zoom hmm. call. You are not benching DeAndre I Hopkins. Just,
0: I can't. I can't. I can't <laughs> physically t- take. Most him people can't. That's out. my argument.
1: Is like this: it, your guts there, say there needs, no there's way. Like some
0: sort of surgical procedure that has to go down for me to take him out <laughs> of my lineup. I feel like I feel like there needs to just be a button in your platform that, like, instead of the "do not cut," it's "do not bench." Like you just you just don't do it. If you if DeHop gives you two points. That's a rough week, but you don't do it because you know what? He could also go off and give you 20, and you. He can't. He cannot do that against Ramsey. That was your
1: argument. That was your argument for Allen Robinson. He can do it. He's that good of a receiver. The fact is that in the last 20 games, nobody has come close to that. I would say. No, not one receiver has had 75 in a score. Not DK, not Hop, not. Not Devontae Adams. These top
0: guys are not doing it. He's that good. He is good. He is good. I just I can't live with myself if he goes off and I he's on my bench. I just can't do it. Uh, so you're limiting the damage mentally. I, yes, I understand. exactly. I still have to look myself in the mirror. I have to go home to my family. <laughs> <Okay>. So <laughs> Fair enough. moving on to the Browns and the Vikings. This is a game that you just kind of touched on Odell. There's some fun things happening the Browns are favored to win. One of these defenses is pretty good. One of them is less good. The Vikings are the 27th best against the pass. And look, Cleveland is solid at number 5 uh, in against the pass and the run. I still think that Minnesota is going to win this game. Because Look, I'm I would be happy to be wrong in this. I still think the they don't have a defense where I'm super worried about them shutting down Jefferson and Thielen and having a complete answer for Dalvin Cook, because as we both know, this is a game managed offense when it needs to be, but it also has home run threats all over it for the Vikings. It does. Dalvin Cook is not someone who relies on volume to get his work done. He gets volume because he's great, but you give him volume because then he can give you not just one, but two or three home run plays, and that's enough to keep you in the game because you can't, you can't leave someone in single coverage against Justin Jefferson all day. You cannot leave someone on an island against Adam Thielen all day, and now that you've got you know other guys that can catch the ball with K.J. Osborne, Tyler Conklin has shown himself to be reliable. That offensive line hasn't looked bad. So I, I like this because asking Baker Mayfield to beat you and asking the running game to consistently get you up and down the field where, as it can, but all's, what that tells me is that when you are so reliant on the, on the running game as the Browns will be, it limits your, it limits your margin for error. Because now, and one mistake, if Baker doesn't make mistakes, I think that the Browns have a good chance to win this game but one mistake now puts you probably at a disadvantage that the Vikings don't have because look, Kirk cousins can throw interceptions, but if Baker Mayfield is anything, you know, if he tries to extend beyond the game manager that he is, I I think the Minnesota Vikings and a Mike Zimmer defense, I think they can get the job done. That's, that's just my reasoning, you know? So tell me why I'm wrong. Yeah. My, when I saw this one on paper, my, First
1: reaction was Vikings can do it, and probably should. But when I started to look at it, Baker is playing at the highest level mentally that we have seen from him since he got in the league. He feel it looks like he is very confident with what they're doing. He doesn't have to play hero ball. Um, when you've got Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb just just grinding away, constantly pounding the rock, that starts to take a toll. Over the course of a game. And when they're both healthy and rolling like this. There's a handful of teams that can stop that. And I don't know that the Vikings are that. We'll have to see this week. But I just don't. I don't see Cleveland having to do anything outside of what they do well. If that doesn't work. If if Minnesota is able to slow down the run. I don't think the Browns are built to come from behind. I, I really don't. Right. especially with only Odell out there, Peoples Jones and Higgins don't scare anybody. So if they get behind, then it's a different story, but I feel like if they can get that small lead or stay even with them and just keep grinding, I think it it, it takes a toll on the Vikings. And I don't know, we haven't really gotten good reports on what the status of Dalvin is. He may be He's been active. Limited. Yeah, he may be active, but I don't know that Dalvin is superstar Dalvin yet. And this is not a defense that you want half or 75% of your best Dalvin Cook. Because if he goes out there and he is limited or is on a snap count or splitting with Madison, that's a huge weapon in a game where you need to get out in front. So we'll see. This is a toss-up for me. I'm just going to go Cleveland based on what we've seen so far this year and their ability to run the ball.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a chance that they they do pull that out. I think this one will be a lower scoring game. And I agree. I'll I'll be interested to see what happens with it. Uh I think even 75% of Dalvin though is enough to get them over the hump. But we shall see. Look, I don't I almost don't even want to talk about this next game because it <laughs> there's no predicting it it, it. it it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. The next game we want to talk about the Raiders and the chargers of Los Angeles. I don't understand why the Raiders aren't bad right now, because they're not really throwing. They're not throwing to the receivers. They've got Peyton Barber as a running back right now. Darren Waller has, I don't want to say underwhelmed the last couple of weeks, but he has, he's been human. He's, yeah. He's kind of shown that he's, He's not the entire offense, but yeah, goodness, that defense has come to play this year, man. And they're, is this what is, is this what John Gruden football is just like compete at the highest level? Yeah. Just keep competing. Don't think about the fact that we're a bad team. Cause if we just forget that we're a bad team, <laughs> we'll be a good team. I didn't think you were going there, but that's really accurate. Anyone on that team who had a thought that they are bad is off the team. And somehow that has worked. Like they have, they had John Brown come in. They're like, oh man, John Brown's going to be our guy. And then he's like, man, he's like, John, he's like, y'all have been bad for a few years. Let me help make you better. And then John Brown was out. John Brown, there will be no talk about the Raiders being bad. But unfortunately, they get a tough, tough matchup in the Justin Herbert-led Chargers who also sport a stout defense and a somewhat surprisingly upbeat offense with Mike Williams actually getting the volume that people were predicting for him.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to see. Is there a come down? Is there a letdown from the Chargers after the jubilation of what was last week or are they for real it's going to be quick for us to see um are they sharp or are they still riding too high on beating the chiefs in week three the maturity level of this is expected been here before we beat the chiefs last week we're going to take care of oakland las vegas i don't know they're they're Oh yeah, Las Vegas. The Las Vegas Magic Show is what I'm nicknaming <laughs> nicknaming them right now because it does. It just feels like every time their backs against the wall, or you start to think, "Here comes the Raiders that we know." Here they come. They. It's kind of like the Happy Gilmore deal. Like, here comes the putter throw. Oh no, <laughs> a new Happy Gilmore. It it feels like that to me every time you think they're about to implode. Uh, they keep their cool and they make the right play at the right time. So we said last night, we said last night, the, uh when the Raiders are good, the NFL is better for sure. So, for sure. So let's keep them good. I think the Raiders can find a way to pull out a sloppy game.
0: I just like listening to John Gruden talk. That's, if there's one thing I'm mad about the Raiders that they took him out of the booth and Derek Carr is thrown for 1200 yards already. So I, for me, the fantasy implications of this game though. We've Are you starting Peyton Barber? Uh I don't think Josh Jacobs goes. And
1: I do have Barber starting in one league where I had McCaffrey. That was a, a nice pickup. And I I feel like you have to. I mean, after last week and yeah. Gruden's comments saying we have no issue featuring Peyton Barber. He's not saying, Oh yeah, you know, Peyton showed up. Played a great game.
0: He and Drake are gonna give us a lot. He didn't mention Drake. Look, you know you know what the Raiders feel like? The Raiders feel like that friend you always talk about to your other friends behind their back about how they can't hold a relationship and how they keep getting back with their crazy ex and like that that'll never work out. And then like a few years later, like them and the crazy ex have kind of figured things out. It's still yeah. an ugly relationship, but it's working for them somehow. Yeah, for big This periods is what that time. feels like. Yeah, yeah. this is what that feels like. Like, the dog that they got to keep them together is actually Derek Carr. And it's like, they both appreciate Derek Carr. Derek Carr is just so great. And like, you know what? When you get to see Derek Carr on the off chances that you do, you enjoy it too. So, that, that was a weird comparison, but it kind of worked. <laughs> so, you're starting Mike Williams. You're starting Keenan Allen. Uh, you're obviously gonna put. I Atker. think everybody. You got to go with everybody. Every, everybody. This should, this should be a a good offensive game for both. Maybe Henry Ruggs, um, as a deep flex option, home run play, fingers crossed. Obviously Darren Waller, and I think, I I think that Derek Carr has to be a streaming option for those people who need a quarterback. QB nine so far. Yeah,
1: impressive. And and we said he, you know, we we made a point to talk about Derek Carr a little bit earlier in uh in the season and late preseason. He has gotten better and better from a fantasy perspective every single year. From, I think, eight nineteen to eighteen to thirteen to twelve. So that next step would be inside of the top ten. He's showing that he can do it right now. Right, and he's done it without waller going crazy yet yeah waller has been very i know he's tied in four on the year but he has not given us what we have expected from darren waller Mm. and Derek carr has still
0: outperformed his adp drastically ah he'll have those games so not not gonna be shocked to see him return to form we gotta move on it could be this week we gotta move on enough chargers raiders talk we've got some 49ers and seahawks to talk about this has, I don't, I don't really know what to call this game because the Seahawks are terrible against the pass and the 49ers have Jimmy G. So can he take advantage of all of the holes in that defense? Can the ragtag group of paper mache running backs for the 49ers stay together long enough for an entire game? Or are they going to rely on Kyle Hughes check in this one? I, I don't know what to make of it. I think I'm going with the Seahawks in this one. It doesn't feel nice. It I feel like it's going to be a back-and-forth game. It's going to come down to something happening in the fourth quarter. My gut tells me this is a
1: blowout. Really? For who? I think, I think the 49ers handle the Seahawks. And wow. I think they do it behind George Kittle. I know he's got a little bit of a calf issue going on right now. I think we see a huge game from Kittle. I don't think they have answers for Debo and Iuke. And I think the 49ers defense is real. I really do. Aaron Rodgers is going to tear almost everybody apart and and surgically get to where he needs to get to to win the game. Wow. But they had the Packers against the ropes. They were 37 seconds from being 3-0. and The Seahawks historically can be a very inconsistent team and I just don't I I, my gut says 49ers play a clean game Shanahan is on it this weekend and prepared for what the Seahawks have to offer Uh, Russell's been great against them in his career 14 and 4 but recently the 49ers have been right there with them splitting the last four games I think Jimmy G plays with that chip on his shoulder gets uh, gets the job done, and the 49ers defense really wow. shows up.
0: I like I like the breakdown. Do you have any concern over making the decision of who to start in the 49ers passing game, or do you, are you comfortable with all the options?
1: Uh, I'll start all three. Debo, Brandon, and Kittle, I think, all have nice weeks. I wish okay. I had more 49ers going into this matchup. I really don't have enough.
0: I like it. I like it. It's always uh, Kyle Shanahan offense is always going to produce some intriguing pieces, so... Should be a fun one to watch, especially a divisional matchup. That whole division's playing each other. So, I can't wait to see it. Fun stuff. Let's see if they bounce. Will they bounce? Starting off with my bounce back players this week. The first guy I want to talk about who I think is going to bounce back in a nice way, or for the sake of my sanity, I need him to. Justin Fields facing the Detroit Lions. He is not facing a top five defense as he was last week. He is now facing a team that is on the other end of the spectrum. He's facing a Lions team that is bottom five in yards per play and pressuring the QB at a bottom half of the league, bottom third. So I think this might be a more comfortable setting for Justin Fields to set his feet make some reads he's not gonna have miles garrett or jadevian Clowney in his space did you see that move that jadevian Clowney made or i'm sorry that miles garrett made in that game the one where it looked like he transported yes,
1: i actually saw that tonight i watched it like 10 times i'm like there's no way it's, it's not sped
0: up they don't detroit doesn't have anyone like that uh <laughs> who does this is going to be a rough matchup not not in terms of like Maybe fantasy output, but it's going to be a mostly ground and pound. It feels like it's always a gritty matchup between the Bears and the Lions. Both of these teams kind of underwhelming right now. But Justin Fields, I think that they they see what they did wrong. If it's not Andy Dalton this week, which I everything I've read tells me he's not going to play this week, Justin Fields going to have a nice bounce back game. Give him some confidence, and I believe that they are actually going to go back to Andy Dalton, but I think Justin Fields shows enough in this game. He gives you a decent game, starts running some more. I'm not saying he's going to be a top-five quarterback this, this week, but I think he has a better week and something he could even give you upper-tier or quarterback two. Maybe you're in a two-quarterback league. I think you'd feel okay starting him in those leagues. The next player, I think, will bounce back, assuming health. This guy, look, he's dealing with some rib stuff. Rib, ribs hurt, especially when you're playing the running back position. Darrell Henderson versus the Arizona Cardinals, that big primetime matchup. I don't know if it's primetime, but it's like an afternoon game. I'm into it. Darrell Henderson, his first two games looked great. Chunk run after chunk run. And playing a Arizona defense that is, look, they, they have no interest in stopping the run. They're bottom, they're bottom five in the NFL in stopping the run right now. And Darrell Henderson has already had a couple games where he was given 16 and 13 rushing attempts. His most recent game that he played in against the Colts, he also had five targets. So assuming he plays... I like him in this game. If not, I'm even going to. I think this is a plug and play scenario with Sony Michelle. I don't think that Arizona has the personnel to stop the, the run up the middle. They have great pocket uh, pressure guys on the, on the uh, edges with J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones, but they don't have that big body in the middle to stop what Sean McVay wants to do. I think with that being the case. I think the, uh, the play action is going to be wide open for Sean McVay and the Rams. Yeah, I think that's a good call. I think, I, I like that. I like Henderson a lot. And my, uh, my wide receiver bounce back is going to be Amari Cooper as well. So my reasoning behind this got to looking into some fun numbers. The Carolina Panthers are absolutely dreadful at stopping the wide receiver on the edges. Wide receivers this year uh, on the edges have a near 100% success rate on the outside, and now they're missing J.C. Horn. I think Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb have a field day in this one. And it's just, I don't, it's going to be a shootout. I don't think that's a question. The, the question really is, is how many points will Amari Cooper score? And I think it's, it's going to be a lot in this game. What about, you? what about you, Travis? Who do you have bouncing back this week?
1: I actually was going to go with Amari, and the reason is it's, it does not take much for a significant bounce back after his two-point outing. Um, starting with quarterback, though, I'll just run through my three pretty quick. Teddy Bridgewater coming off of an 11-point performance. It, he, they're going to have to have more from him versus Baltimore. That Baltimore's a great team, and... Quarterbacks have done well against Baltimore so far. I think Teddy getting close to that 20-point mark is what it's going to take for Denver to achieve what they're wanting to in this game. I think the, uh, the Ravens offense and Lamar is a well-oiled machine. We saw Mark Andrews really starting to click. Hollywood Brown, those balls are in his hands. I don't think he continues to drop those. So, Lamar's going to have a big day. I think the Ravens get up, and Teddy's going to be forced to throw. For the first time this year, we're going to see Teddy really have to throw. Sutton, Fant, Tim Patrick, Javante Williams, these guys are going to be targeted pretty heavily in this game. So I think Teddy has a pretty decent game. A bounce back from his 11. Running back, David Montgomery coming off of a five-point outing. We know that game got really ugly really fast in the backfield for... The Bears, uh, you just talked about Miles Garrett and crew. Luckily, they do not have them this week. It is Detroit. I think David Montgomery has a big day. They're going to realize pretty quick with whether it's Andy Dalton or Justin Fields, their identity needs to be through David Montgomery. I thought that they had learned that over the last six games or so of last year. We saw Chicago's really good when David Montgomery is getting twenty-five touches. They can be really good. They've got a strong defense. If if they've got a quarterback who can make the right throws and not try to be a hero, let's go through David Montgomery. He's really, really good. So I think they make an an effort to reestablish that as their identity and not say, let's figure out what cool things we can try to do that we didn't do last week with Justin Fields. Let's just go back to Monty. And then at receiver for me, Terry McLaurin. Which is hard for me to go with Scary Terry because I don't trust Washington. I don't trust Heineke. But when I was looking at the numbers for Terry, for me, I think Ron Rivera is bright enough and has been around long enough to look at this and say, the game that we won of the three, McLaurin got 14 targets, 11 catches for 107 and a score. On a team that lacks more than just Gibson and Terry and the occasional Logan Thomas, the two losses, he had four targets and seven targets, four catches each. That's not going to do it. You cannot give Terry 62 yards and expect to win. So I think they look at that and make a huge effort against the Falcons to get Terry back on track. He is a big bounce back candidate after 6.2 points in a standard league last week and not much more than that maybe 8.2 and a half PPR. I think Terry can approach the 15 to 20 mark and just is absolutely force fed targets all day long.
0: Wow. Okay, so a high volume approach for Terry McLaurin, that would be fun to see. I don't have him in any lineup, so please please don't break out against any of my teams. But I I like that. I like it. Terry McLaurin definitely has the talent to be that hopefully Heineke can feed him like you Say he will. Let's talk about some guys that won't bounce now. Starting with quarterbacks, I'm picking, and this is a risky pick. I'm picking Lamar Jackson to have a rough, rough game. Again, I can't wait to hear this against after what I just said about Lamar (laughs) against Denver. And it's less about. Look, Denver has had a soft schedule to start the year, but it's less about Denver and who they faced, and more about who Lamar has faced. Right now, he's 28th in completion percentage after playing against the Lions and the Chiefs, two of the bottom five teams in yards per play. So he's already faced bad defenses, and he's still not completing his passes, and now he's facing the defense that is number one right now in the NFL in completion percentage allowed. It doesn't get easier this week for Lamar. He's had to come back against, he's had to try to come back against the Raiders. He's had a tough matchup against a Lions team. They're gritty, don't get me wrong. And then he's had to try to, he, you know, they beat the Chiefs, but the Chiefs aren't playing the Chiefs football right now. I think they got lucky with that last win. Right now, the Ravens defense isn't the Ravens defense even. They're third worst against the pass, and that could. Lead to a scenario which we know Lamar does not like playing in, and that is playing from behind when he's having to throw to his wide receivers who are being blanketed by Kyle Fuller and Patrick Sertain. This does not feel like a game where Lamar can play his game, especially with what we saw from Tyson Williams last week in the the touches they're not willing to give him. Even then, I just I don't trust the weapons for Lamar in this game. They're, they've looked inconsistent, just by their nature, they're not there yet. I think Lamar will struggle in this game. I'm happy to be wrong on this, but I don't think I am. i think I think Denver kind of scoots past a Ravens team that's still trying to find who they are right now. My running back when you say when you say bounce back real quick, sure, when you're thinking he
1: does not bounce back mm-hmm. so he had he had. Twenty point two eight points right last week. He was a quarterback thirteen. Mean yeah, meaning a, a bounce back for him would be a thirty point week.
0: Yeah, get getting back to his you know, he's a top where did you draft him? He was a top five quarterback. You know. Yeah, probably yeah, QB four. Yeah, so getting him back to that level, you know, is he is he going to approach that? I don't think this is this is not the week that Lamar is going to give you a performance that you know where you're thinking, okay, this is who I drafted him to be he I think he's really going to struggle in this game yeah
1: I'm looking at Yahoo and they've got him projected significantly less this this week as opposed to the next five games, so the computers are on your side i just it feels like to yeah. me, and I know this is your bounce back guy it, I'm not here to argue against it 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 just feels like he is they've seen so much adversity already in the first three weeks that he mentally is going to be in a, I'll make whatever play I need to make. I, if I have to run it for hundred yards, 125 yards to keep us in the game, I'll do it. And that translates to those 30 point weeks. We'll see. I, I, I can definitely see the, he does not bounce back because I think Denver's defense in my mind is not as good as they actually are in real life. I think I'm being convinced by you right here, right now, that Denver's defense is a real problem. It's not just about playing three
0: easy games. Yeah, and Denver's offense is no joke. Like I said, mixed with the fact that Baltimore has not been stopping people through the air, I I think it's going to be a tough game for Baltimore all around, especially with it being in Denver. My running back, who will not bounce back, this has been kind of just a a swing and a miss by the entire football community. The draft capital that was there, the offense was there. Everything was lining up until it wasn't. And Kyle Shanahan pulled the cloth over our eyes. Trey Sermon is not having a bounce back game. I say bounce back game. He was saved by a touchdown last week, but this is not the game where you're thinking, okay, bad defense. Trey Sermon, We'll have opportunities because you know what? He had his opportunity last week when he was, he should have been the bell cow and they gave him 10 carries and gave a healthy amount of carries to Kyle Hughescheck. You know, the guy that was a fullback, you know, the guy that is like an H back tight end, you know, the guy that they don't give yeah. carries to, you know, the guy that is, I do love to watch him though. Oh, he's fun. He's fun. And it's fun yeah. to say his name. It's fun. It's fun. When he scores and the car goes, Hugh! it's really cool. For Trey Sermon, he's not having a good time. Like I'm sure he's happy to be there, but Elijah's coming back this week, even limited. I think Trey Sermon is just kind of a body right now, and it, it, a guy that I don't feel good starting in my lineup. I know I understand you might need to, but doesn't feel good. I'm okay moving on right along. I don't think I any mean, I hope people have kind of moved by Sermon at this point. Let's talk about my wide receiver because I'm kind of I'm going to kind of contradict myself a little bit on this one. My pick is DeAndre Hopkins is not going to have a bounce back game this week. He was a letdown last week. This week again, we've talked about him facing Ramsey. It's always 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 risky facing Ramsey even for Hopkins. I don't like betting against Hopkins. I can't take him out of my lineup. This is the most uncomfortable spot for me because Hopkins went for four and 35 last time he he faced Ramsey and Hopkins is great. I just, I can't, I can't just pull him out again. We've talked about some other options. If you got a deeper league or, uh, like a, another option, maybe, maybe you do have, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of anyone else you might have on, on your roster. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you're set. Maybe you've also got like a, i don't know uh, uh, adam thielen on your team i have no idea
1: (laughs) i would not go as far to say the the henry ruggs brian edwards no jalen waddle crew can can be okay being started there but like i said earlier i think Pittman and iuke is probably that window where i start to say i could go there
0: no i but i oh god i can't i can't take him out i can't take deandre hopkins out of the game, I think it might there's a good chance it's a rough game, but there's also that chance that he does get loose for one and he catches a touchdown and everything's okay. If anyone can do it, it's you, DeAndre.
1: the uh, the fun thing is you've got you've got three days to think about how you should, but you won't. yeah so I that'll can't be wait. really I'll fun. Definitely sleep
0: really well. <laughs> ugh, I just oh, I have no no <laughs> more words for that. Let's
1: talk big picks of the week. Hold on, I've got i I'm, I agree with you on Hopkins. Uh I don't think he bounces back for sure. Um running back for me, I'm not seeing Gaskin bouncing back. I I really like the Colts defense. I think they're very sound. And I I haven't seen enough from Gaskin like I was hoping to for his mid fifth round draft capital the 7-8 point weeks I think are going to end up being a lot more common than a 16 15 15 to 18 range week. I think we see a lot more single digit games than we had one to two with Gaskin. I don't see a bounce back this week. And then quarterback Daniel Jones um again I think the same thing. I think the Saints defense is legit. I think they're well coached and the lack of weapons right now for the Giants is real. Uh, Evan Ingram looks like a shell of a man out there. He has never looked like a really confident football player, but he really looks lost. There's no Sterling Shepard. There's no Slayton. And when you can put your best cornerback, I believe Lattimore is healthy again. So you take out Kenny Galladay or at least give him a really tough time. All you've got left is Saquon Barkley and there's not enough screen passes in the world to save Daniel Jones this day. I I don't see him bouncing back. I'm staying away from Daniel Jones even in pretty deep leagues this week.
0: Hey, I I, I totally get it. uh any any bet against the Giants is uh most of the time you're 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 pretty safe. So Nice, nice words. I like it. I like the Gaskin pick. We'll see, man. This, this that'll be a uh... It, man, for the, the draft capital, you, you he was such an up and down guy, you know? Gaskin?
1: Throughout the draft season. Yeah, like every episode, we felt different about Gaskin. Same thing with Mike Davis. It was like, I like him. No, int- I don't. Yeah, I'm I do. No, I don't.
0: By the 16 touches he had last week, um, yeah. if, if it continues, I think there's possibility. But I think right now, with given the state of the offense and the quarterback, meh.
1: I think Jalen Waddle somehow hurts Gaskin for me. Like there's, there's just things that around the line of scrimmage, like Jalen Waddle, 12 touches on 13 targets for 50-something yards. He's getting it around the line of scrimmage where I think yeah. playbook-wise you're thinking we got to get Gaskin the ball in a little bit of space and let him do something with it. Now it's, oh, we got a faster Jalen Waddle, Let's get him those touches around the line of scrimmage and, and let Miles be a little bit more of a regular running back and it's not working out so far for, for Gaskin.
0: Yeah, he just hasn't broke the big one. Maybe it's coming this week. Let's move on to the big picks of the week. We are finally here. Travis, quarterback. Let's start here. Who is your quarterback pick of the week, you coward?
1: I am going with Jalen Hurts. I know that you think when the defense knows he's throwing that he really struggles. The numbers might say that. The fantasy numbers do not. He... And what felt like, thank you to Lewis Riddick for making everybody think Jalen Hurts is absolutely terrible at football. But he totally flipped the mindset of a huge percentage of the fantasy industry on Jalen Hurts in one broadcast. It did not flip it for me. Jalen Hurts looked fine after the game. He had a cool press conference saying, let's flush it and move on. Kansas City, opposing quarterbacks through three weeks. Twice have been the number two overall fantasy quarterback I think his legs um uh, and, and what they're gonna have to do to keep up with Kansas City who i my bold prediction is they score pretty darn close to if not 50 points. Hertz has no option other than to play keep up and I think that results in a
0: 25 twenty eight point week okay I mean look that's that's probably safe it is safe. He's going to run. He's going to have to play catch-up. At the very least, there's going to be a lot of garbage time. So, sure, he'll probably this, – this might be a W for you. I, I still think you should have picked Jared Goff. That's just me.
1: The reason – I mean, I don't, I don't understand why on Sleeper, Jalen Hurts is projected 21 points. Yeah. I th- In this kind of game script that's expected with his legs, 21 just feels I so think it's safe. it's just
0: because he's a bad quarterback. I think that's why. i think everyone kind of knows it so you know how does it make you feel knowing that everyone knows something that you don't travis
1: i'm pretty sure this is the same guy that beat out super bowl champion joe flacco for that spot i think i just threw open my mouth a little bit so he must be okay (laughs) all right moving on to running back deandre swift is my big pick at running back for the week two out of his first three games this year over 20 fantasy points Cleveland, like I said earlier, just ran all over Chicago, 215 rush yards between those two running backs. And I have been so wrong on DeAndre Swift all offseason that I feel like I owe it to him right now to say, I was wrong. You are great. I wish I had even one share of you. I do not. And I do not have one. And I am so wrong about it. But I think he has a huge week. I trust Dan Campbell. He's, in, he's on that I short like list him. of coaches that, like... I like him. Not just relatability, but he seems like the guy that's like, look, this guy's good. We're going to get him the ball more. And he's not like, oh, let's deceive the opponent by saying that. Yeah. He's just calling it how it is. So I'm going with DeAndre Swift. Big, big week for him. I think it, he makes it three out of four to start the year yeah. over 20 fantasy points. Um, moving on, wide receiver for me, mentioned him a second ago, Jalen Waddle out of Episcopal High School, my alma mater in Houston, and then on to Alabama. He has transitioned smoothly into the NFL. I think the easy saying is speed kills, but this guy really knows what to do. And the Dolphins have realized that with or without Will Fuller, Jalen Waddle through three weeks ha- is inside of the top twenty in wide receiver targets. All it takes for him is one breakaway with that speed. I think he breaks a long one this week. We've been waiting for it all year. I think it happens. And that's all it's going to take for Waddle to outproduce his projection big time. Moving on, George Kittle is my tight end. Big pick of the week. Every four games or so, Kittle gets a 100 plus yard and a touchdown or two game. I think he is part of My bold prediction for the 49ers handling the Seahawks, even with the hurt calf. Obviously, if something happens and the calf is worse than we thought, I'll come up with a new tight end big pick. But I think George Kittle blows up, rewards his draft capital in the third round, and we're all going to be talking about that's why he was in the big three. Look at the man eat.
0: All right. I like it. I like those. I, I, I feel like some of them are safe. George Kittle against Seattle is probably going to smash. That's going to be a disgusting game for him. Can't wait to see it. We'll start with my quarterback then. My quarterback pick of the week, Taylor Heineke. He did it. Uh, he did it against Buffalo last week. Our our the way this game is played for us, our big picks have to outscore their half point PPR projections by five points. Taylor Heineke projected at 17.87 points. I believe last week he had 22.88 points. So he did outdo this projection last week against a much tougher defense. I think this week, I think against a softer front, I think with Terry McLaurin on the other, you know, end of the field throwing him balls, I think he's going to have a a relatively easy time completing passes, and he's got Logan Thomas there. Antonio Gibson can get some, some passes. I think he can outdo this once again. And you know what? Taylor Heineke can run a little bit. He's got some rushing upside as well. He's not exactly Mike Vick, but doesn't have to be. I think get him near the red zone, I think he can make some plays. So Taylor Heineke against Atlanta this week. My running back pick of the week. Elijah Mitchell spoke on him a little bit earlier against Seattle. I think the theme for this week is just beat the crap out of Seattle and have a great time doing it. Is that because we both hate Seattle, like we said a few episodes ago? Yeah, probably. I feel good Here's why they're going to win. We hate them. That's why. (laughs) Yeah, they win just because they're facing Seattle. But Seattle has also given up the third most rushing yards in the league so far. The only worry that I have is that he could be limited. But here's the thing, the caveat to my expectations for Elijah Mitchell. He reminds me so much of Mostert, and we've talked about that before. He doesn't need a bunch of carries to pay off, and you give him 15 touches, he breaks a couple for some long runs, gets maybe a touchdown, and he'll outdo that 9.55 point projection this week. No problem. Welcome back, Elijah. Welcome to the party. I'm going to move on to my wide receiver pick. He is playing the Dallas Cowboys this week. The Dallas Cowboys actually have shown some some uh, propensity to be good to guarding the pass with Tra- uh, Trayvon Diggs playing well. He's got three uh, three interceptions in three straight games. I like that. I like that play, but he's going to be on DJ Moore this week. And Robbie Anderson being my pick is only projected at 8.73 points in a half-point PPR league. If the game script doesn't entice you to start Robby Anderson at the end of your starting lineup is a flex desperation play Then maybe Christian McCaffrey being out will maybe a few more targets, some catch up play, some deep passes with, with this game script, looking how it is and the Cowboys being able to strike quick. I feel like the Panthers are going to find themselves with a lot of offensive opportunity, a lot of field to move down and a lot of, room to throw Robbie Anderson some deep passes so I think this could be the game where we see a 14 point 15 point game out of Robbie and he's able to he's able to get over the hump and get me a W here my last pick of course we're ending with the tight end position Jordan Aikens I'm expecting him to be really the only other receiving option for this Houston Texans team, he's projected at three point two four points this week. <laughs> if he not a touchdown, exactly you win. <laughs> a ringing endorsement, but here it's literally the logic of somebody has to catch passes. Brandon Cooks has the pleasure of being covered by Tredavious White this week, and he has played extremely well. And another good point I found: take it for what you will. Brandon Cooks has thirty-two targets on this team second place belongs to jordan akins with nine
1: (laughs) he's lighting it it to the bank
0: take it to the bank i am cashing in on jordan akins this week i think he'll get i think he'll get some yards even if it's garbage time i think they'll look for him i think he can score
1: I like it. You went with some riskier big picks for sure.
0: Got to take some swings, man. You can't hit it yeah. over the fence without swinging.
1: Yeah, I like I like your approach. Um, I feel like I've taken that approach a couple times in the first three weeks and am really lacking in the win department. So I'm going to go with some guys that are great players who just have to play really great to get me the win. I did have a question Now that we're moving on from the big picks, sort of wrapping up here, something that we saw and talked about at the end of the Jacksonville game. My dad, who is in a home league with you and I, anytime somebody in the featured game, whether it's Thursday night, Sunday night, or Monday night, if they have sometimes even just a touchdown, but especially if they've got 60 to 80 yards and a touchdown, and then they get a second touchdown. You can count 3-2-1, TD Strike, also known as my dad, will run to the waivers, immediately pick up that player because we have an open waiver system. And whoever he drops, (laughs) Dustin loves to immediately pick up and my dad will text me, wait, should I not have done that? Because Dustin just loves to mess with his head and... Say, like, for example, tonight, CJ Uzoma. My dad was like, Uzoma looks Mm -hmm. like Kelsey. He picks him up. He drops Kenneth Gainwell. Probably should not have dropped Gainwell for CJ Uzoma. And then, so I go to look and see, should I? And I can't. I I don't have room for him on my roster. And I'm like, Dustin's going to get him. Three, two, one. Boom. Hail Murray, or I believe in Murray Coles this year, has picked up Kenneth Gainwell. I get the text from my dad. Oh, crap. I shouldn't have done that. I said, Dad, it's fine. You probably wouldn't have played him anyway. And then you made my dad's night by dropping Gainwell right back. And, of course, my dad picks him immediately yeah. back up. The buyer's remorse for CJ Uzova. I was like, like, Dustin, the mind games are real. We had a lot so of smack good. talk in our group chat today, our league chat. And it just it ended on such a predictable note. To see my dad freaking out that you picked up the guy he dropped when you had no intention no, of ever you've, playing you've
0: got, it. <laughs> it. It's always that. I i think I described it to you as I love that tiny moment of panic I get to induce when someone drops it and automatically has to question, did I just make a terrible mistake? Like, every, You do it to my dad every, every time, and I do it time. to Junior
1: every time. We got a buddy named, named Junior, and every time he drops somebody, I mm-hmm. pick him up, even if just for a second.
0: I like to do that to you as well when I know that, like, this isn't a guy, like, I, especially if it's someone I, who I know you liked, but you had to get rid of because you liked someone else more, I'll pick them right up. Like, okay, this person, I finally, like, this person's going to blow up. Even even people who think
1: that they are very, very good fantasy yeah. players hate that feeling of somebody like, picking Like, I can tell you right now, like,
0: you have Josh Gordon on your roster. If you, I have talked mad crap the about second the I second drop you drop him, he is on my roster. <laughs> I know. I can't do it.
1: I cannot. I would I would rather hold on to Josh Gordon and for I that be- reason than drop him for I Kenneth Gainwell. I don't believe Gainwell. in Josh Gordon,
0: but I would pick him up. It's not the right play to roster Gordon over no, Gainwell. It's, it's really just not. not. Oh, what a fun night of football. I'm glad we got to talk about it. I'm glad you got to listen to it.
1: Episode twenty one, Zeke Elliott of episodes after the Tony Pollard of episodes. That's
0: right. Just as it who's the
1: who's the real backup?
0: Well, like you said, Ezekiel Elliott comes after Tony Pollard, so that kind of explains <laughs> everything. Thanks for listening to episode twenty one, week four, right around the corner. We hope you enjoyed. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Losing Sucks. See you later, football baby.